0: This is a headgum podcast.
1: In '86, Anne M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time. The
0: Babysitter's Club. club. I love yep. it. What? The Babysitter's Club. The Babysitter's Club. Same, man. Can we take a step back and just say that? It's fucking Let's great. Zoom out
2: for a second. Let's
0: zoom out for a second because we've never fully said this because we've, all, in, in Heidegger's terms, always already been inside it. Yeah. But these books are great. Babysitter's Club mm. is great. It's great. It's They're
2: fucking fun fantastic. to read. Yeah. You just zip through them. Yeah. The girls are so great. Yeah. The, the writers are so great. It's just, it's fun, you know? It's fun. I just have fun. And then I get to sit and... Hang out on the phone with my bud Jack and yeah, and talk about these dang books and woo, what a ride! What a ride! Baby nation, each one of you go out, find a book series that you admire, read them one a week. Get on the, get on Skype or what's this thing we use called Discord. Get on Skype or Discord. Have an hour and a half conversation, cut it down to an hour, mm-hmm. record it in GarageBand. Audacity, Hindenburg, whatever you want, and just put that uh, shit on the internet and join our new podcast network. Oh, great! Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Actually, Baby Nation, can I cut you off, Tanner? Yeah. Baby Nation, uh, don't do that because it's right now it's a, it's a pretty small space, and mm-hmm. uh, that has allowed us to have some success. You want to be a big fish in a small pond. I want to be a big fish in a small pond. <laughs> i feel like we've out we've we've lived our glory you know (laughs) well just got what 40 more books 30 more books not even 30
2: before it all comes do you remember number 30 35 (laughs) we have 36 more books okay so if we have 36 more books that means that we have gotten to the point where we were reading jesse's babysitter jesse's introduction of aunt cecilia wow you remember Whew. that one? Yeah. I sure do. That's was, you remember when we started the show to when we got to the point where we were reading Jesse's babysitter. It
0: was actually like
2: That's a, how much time we
0: have left. Wow. Well let's cherish let's cherish these it's moments. Like, uh Baby Nation, if it's like you rain has sand in an hourglass. Like tears in rain. Like tears in heaven. Time to if die. You know my name. No, no 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 no. Tanner, you know you know the deal. I'm
2: there. not gonna sing much this week because At all much
0: at all because the board of directors have mandated have it's come down from on high
1: huh?
0: It's straight from the board I was I you know we talked about this before but I've fought your case man I was like well uh, I'm sure Tanner's gonna be at this meeting I'm sure he's gonna be there and then you didn't show and then so I had to advocate for you and I was like look his singing's really important to him it's important to me everybody uh-huh. loves it the fans love it and, and they said well, can't do it man even Elon even Elon man even Elon I'm telling you I'm telling you, Tim was like, Psst. "Hey, man," he put a, hey, you know, you know that expression. Will he you has? bleep that? Just say, just say, Tim C. Tim C. Sad. Was you know that expression he does Where, when yeah. he's like, "Nothing I can do about it." That's like,
1: no, and he does like, like that. He Whoa. does that.
0: Oh, shrugs. Oh, shruggy. <laughs> and you're like, ah, Tim. He was like, no fucking singing, man.
1: Huh? Even um, Jeff.
0: Even Jeff. Even Jeff Schaefer, man. No, I meant Bezos. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even even bezos man that dude huh well he is actually he really hates it he's like it's bad for the fucking business it's very huh. bad for the business yeah well that dude knows how to run a fucking business so. yeah he was like he was like you know what we don't have an amazon we don't have any fucking singing uh baby nation if you detect a certain exuberance and humor uh in our voices this week it's because we read a book that was about old villains.
2: stacy's great misfortune. getting their
0: comeuppance <laughs> uh, i felt bad for her i'll be honest i felt pretty bad um but before we get into that i would like to introduce this show and i will do so with or without your permission beginning now hi hi and welcome hi. to the babysitter's club club, club. club. podcast in which i am jack alexander shepherd and i tanner Greenring. And I, Jack Shepard, talk about the classic novels. I'm Tanner Greenring. And I'm Jack Shepard. And we both talk about the classic novels of The Princess of the Prince of Town, St. Annabelle Matthews Martin, Stormborn, Soul Skinner, Mother of Clocks, and Bane to Bats, First of Her Name, Last of Her Kind, Last Hope for Humankind. And during that discussion, we both deploy parallel construction, which is one of the things that brings our listeners back time and time. And again, Tanner. This week we read a book.
2: Time that and was... again,
0: our listeners come back for our deployment. That's parallel construction. Absolutely right. This week, baby nation, we read a book that was called Stacy's Broken Heart. Stacy has a broken heart this week, baby nation. She's got the a broken brew heart. doggy. The brew doggy broke stepping it. Stepping out on her. Stepping out. Stepping on her. On her. The remains of her. Still beating heart this uh, Brew doggy, more like the the brew wolfy, because he's hungry
2: like the wolf. You know? Okay. Just like stalking down his prey. In this case, Andy
0: Gentile.
2: Andy Gentile. Andy Gentile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how you pronounce it. <laughs> how do you pronounce it? Andy
0: Gentile. Okay. That's weird, too, though. It was Andy, Andy Gentile, right? Andy Gentile, yeah. A-N-D-I Gentile. Or... If you're a French speaker, as I am, gentil. Uh-huh. On dit gentil. On dit gentil. You have to swallow
2: the last consonant. On dit? That's how you sp- Here uh, baby nation, here's the trick to speaking French. It's just English except you say everything kind of in a flouncy way and you swallow every final consonant.
0: Okay? On dit gentil. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> I was standing standing by to make fun of you. Uh, But that's about right. That's, yeah, a a French woman named Jacques (laughs) Chepard. That's actually right. (laughs) Uh, Apologies to any of our Francophone listeners. Can I say something up front? Can I just bring something up up front that I noticed just recently? It's kind of, Mm -hmm. it's getting into the text, and I don't like to do that before we describe the book. But it's Mm -hmm. related to the title of this novel, so I feel like I'm just going to do it. Okay. Did you notice that at some point during this novel, Stacy goes to the movies to stalk Robert to see if he is stepping he's out on her cheating on her yeah. and the movie that she ends up not going into because she doesn't think it's the one where he's gonna be is what she j-
2: thinks that he and Pete black are gonna go into an action film.
0: She thinks that he and Andy John Teal are gonna go sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yes. But it turns out that he's hanging out with Pete Black. And he's what he and Pete Black are watching is a romantic Julie Talbert movie that I had really wanted to see. So I wanna get into oh, this later. I love
2: Julie Talbert's work.
0: I wanna get into this later the fact that Pete Black and Robert actually literally were watching a romantic film together. But I looked up Julie Talbert. To see if this was a love real love her work. Oh, tur. Love her work. She's not a real person. I, as far as I can tell, she's not a real movie director. But she. There is a person called Julie Talbert on Twitter. So this is the first tweet that comes up if you search Julie Talbert on Twitter. Yep. All right. Hit I'm me. sending it. I'm sending it to you. Julie Talbert at Julie
2: Talbert. Mm-hmm. Sta- stocky steakies, Broken Arch. St- Stakey's Broken Arch New Yorker cover inspired a great conversation with my children. Check it out. So she's, and she's linked to a New Yorker cover here. Right. That was designed by an artist called. Now, am I reading this right? Stakey? Stakey's Broken Arch? What's the name of the book we just read, Tanner? Stakey's broken heart. heart,
0: heart. It's literally if you, and what? How would a cockney say that?
2: Oi, got stakey's broken arch.
0: <laughs> or, is that right? That's, ex- you're, that's you're exactly. you right. exactly It made me. It made me feel like I was back in the home country. That's all. That's all. I just looked yeah. up Julie Talbert, and that struck me as pretty fucking strange. Right. <sighs> Sometimes you know you feel like you're you're starting
2: to see the seams Stakey's Broken Arch. You see the seams in reality, you know? Yeah. You take and you take the red pill and you go further down the rabbit hole. Yep, the and, good kind. And Julie Talbert is is th- s- tweeting about Stakey's
0: Broken Arch. The fabric between our worlds is crumbling. That's what I think is happening. There's bleed <sighs> There we've is been bleed this, we've been nipple deep in this for too long. For too fucking long. There's bleed between our world and the world of Stony Brook. That it cannot be a coincidence. This fucking random person, Julie Talbert, who is mentioned in this book There's 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 this where between the
2: walls of the universes. Yeah. And, and the and, Sitterverse is already fairly adjacent to our own, so that that where is like very apparent
0: if you're if you know to look for it. Right, and we – I feel like – and I want to get into this a little bit more when we discuss this text because this is a text that that in many ways covers that thin veil between our worlds uh, explicitly. But I'm worried that you and I are breaking down those barriers. We're causing friction by devoting so much attention to the world of Stony Brook. Is that such a bad thing? I don't think so. I'd love to hang out with Mr. Prezioso, man. I'd love to hang out with the trip man. Oh, I'd love to hang out with the fucking trip man. Maybe he's already here. He certainly left Stony Brook. (laughs) That's true. Tanner, I'm going to describe this book, and then I'm going to have you describe this book during 60 seconds. I hope
2: your description jogs some of my memories. Good. I, I suspect it will.
0: With your permission, sir, I would like to begin now. Permission granted. Thank you. Stacy McGill is surrounded by broken people. Her parents, Maureen and Edward, broken by the attenuation of their dreams, by their loveless marriage and their bitter divorce. Her close friend, Abby Stevenson, broken by her naked ambition and her lust for power. And her boyfriend, Robert Brewdoggy Brewster, broken by his restlessness, his desire and his love for someone else. Stacy McGill is surrounded by broken people, but in the end, after all is said and done, it is Stacy with her eager spirit, her passion for life, Stacy with her optimism and her hopefulness, Stacy whose heart overflows with love. In the end, it is Stacy who will be broken. Stacy's broken heart. I must break you. What's that? That's what. That's what you. That's what happened. That's what you had. You just kept that. That's what,
2: that's what Ivan Drago says to Rocky in Rocky Three. Great, thank or you. Four.
0: It's always it's always three. nice to get your feedback on these. I'm about to break on, you. Put a lot of time on them. I'm always looking for real time feedback. That's important to me. Um, so thank you for that. Rocky Do you One to, Apollo Creed. No, we don't need to talk two, about Rocky. Apollo
2: Creed, the rematch. Rocky Three, Mr. T. Rocky 4, Ivan Drago, Rocky 5, Tommy Gunn, Rocky Balboa. Creed. Rocky Balboa comes first, where he fights Mason Dixon. None and of this. Then is- Creed, where
0: he's training Apollo Creed's Son. son. That's right. Thank you. You're welcome, Baby Nation. That. Okay, now let's get through you describing this I can't remember norm. what Mr. T's character's name is. It, it's uh, not of any importance to this particular discussion. No, no, no. Do don't do you do fucking do dare. No, no, no. No. do,
2: do, no. do, 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 do Tad
0: or Googles. No. Nobody. He, he, listen, we've talked about this kind of thing before, right? First of all, nobody wants to know because that's not why they listen. Clubber Lang. That's Second it. of all, when they Mr. do T learn. Mr. T has James Clubber Lang. When and, they do learn. Professional wrestler Hulk Hogan as Thunderlips. Second of all, when they do learn, it'll just be a name that they now know that they also could have Googled themselves. They can drop that in conversation. Next time you're, they at, could
2: have. Next time you're at a party, say, hey, anyone seen Rocky? Rocky 1, Apollo Creed, Rocky 2, Apollo Creed The Rematch, Rocky 3, Clubber Lang, and also Thunderlips, if you're partial. Rocky 4, Ivan Drago, Rocky 5, Tommy Gunn, Rocky 6,
0: Mason Dixon, Rocky I 7. I you to fucking repeat this. You just <laughs> said it. Now you've heard it twice, Baby Nation, and I know, I know that you know that it's something you also could have Googled if you felt so inclined yourself. Tanner is providing adding no value.
2: Tanner, repetition is good for memorization. You know what's better for memorization? Writing things down as you learn them. Okay. You're likely to remember 40% more information if you write it down than you are if you just try to... Memorize it. So Baby Nation, as I already said it this time, write it down. Rocky one, Apollo Creed. Rocky two, Apollo Creed the rematch. Rocky three, Clubber Lang slash Thunderlips. Rocky four Ivan Drago. Rocky five, Tommy Gunn, Rocky six, Mason Dixon, Rocky seven is actually Apollo Creed's son fighting some other boxer. Baby Nation, at this time,
0: I would like to offer you a formal apology for the fact that one of our co-hosts has just told you the names of all of the people who fight Rocky, not once, not twice, but three times. And, and hopefully you wrote it down the last time so that it sticks hopefully in Hopefully you wrote it down the last time so that it sticks in your memory. And as a way of making things up with you and trying to patch our – shattered relationship much like stacy failed to patch her shattered relationship this week with robert Brewdoggy brewster tanner is going to describe every single thing that happened in this novel during 60 seconds beginning right it's been a week since i read this book and you want me you expect me Mm -hmm. you are literally tanner you rely on me from advertisers you are literally a professional describer of Babysitter's Club novels, so... Well, I'll do my damn best, Jack, but no promises. Okay, try to remember that there's a B-plot and there's an A-plot, and you're going to be fine. Is there a C-plot? There's a C-plot, kind of, about the walkers and a guy named Ethan. Ooh, he's so dreamy. He's so dreamy. I want to talk I want to talk about Ethan. He's a, a fucking dreamboat. He actually okay. reminded me of you a little bit.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah. Because he's, like, artistic and brutish and, like, threatening, but also,
0: like, pretty... Alluring? No, I'll read you the passage after you describe this novel. Beginning... Are you ready, sir? Now. Right now,
2: Baby Nation, Stacy, and Brewdoggy are in love. L-U-V. Meanwhile, Christy's going somewhere, don't remember where, and needs to hand over the reins Hawaii. to her CAO, Abby Stevenson. Abby Stevenson's like, yeah, fuck it. I'm the coolest boss in the world. No more strict meeting times no more writing in the book we're gonna throw the biggest mexican style fiesta we can to raise money for orphans i don't remember yeah and oh by the way i need a bunch of supplies and um because i didn't collect dues i'm not about collecting dues we don't have any money in the the till so i need everyone to give me money um, and I need lots and lots of money. Oh fuck! Okay. Stacy goes to New York to babysit for a week and meets a handsome boy named Ethan, and they fall in love. And then Stacy finds out that Brewdoggy is cheating on her, and she comes back and breaks up with him.
0: End time. I really jammed most of that into the last ten seconds. That was the a plot. BrewDoggy's Doggy's cheating on Stacy. Uh, that's the top line, uh, as we say here in the journalism business. That's the top line. We I I read this book thinking throughout that. It was going to be all a big misunderstanding that Brudogi was uh, stepping out. For the reason that he was being cagey with Stacy and and saying that he was doing one thing when he was in fact doing another was for some some reason. It was all going to come clear later, uh, right. but no, he was literally cheating on her with andy Gentil, um, Gentil, a girl from school who I think may have been one of the uh, crime girls from Stacy and the Crime Girls, um, or no. at least. She's definitely affiliated with the crime, crime girl. girl adjacent. Crime girl adjacent, um, right. who's a little bit more relaxed than Stacy and is down to like goof around a little bit more. Uh, she can eat junk food. She likes to eat junk food, uh,
2: so that was tough. She likes to hang out with the crime girls. Yeah, she's a little more raw, a little more edgy. It's definitely appealing for someone like Brewdoggy.
0: Yeah, I'll uh, I'll read you the passage now, since I promised Tanner. Uh, That made me think of you in relation to this fucking dreamboat. Oh, yeah. It's about his, like, brutish ruggedness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I'll read you two passages. Here's one introducing Ethan. It's when Ethan first shows up. I was frozen in position with my back turned when I heard a voice behind me. Can anyone join this game? I recognized the voice. Ethan's. Slowly, totally embarrassed, I turned. Ethan was about 15 and gorgeous, completely, totally gorgeous. He had deep blue eyes and long, almost black hair. He had high cheekbones and a straight nose and a wide mouth. A tiny gold hoop earring dangled from one ear. Dude, this dude is so fucking cool he was yeah, tall and so far it sounds exactly like he me he was no this isn't the passage that reminds me of you he was tall oh. with broad shoulders a mexican print shirt was loosely tucked into his faded jeans quickly i twisted out of my chicken pose no fair, you were frozen henry protested they're playing a game of freeze tag yeah i'm ethan you're anastasia he said with just a touch of adorable shyness that is how we were introduced to this fucking dude so we know that he's a real deal um then later stacy is talking to claudia about ethan yeah uh, yep. you should have seen him when we went skating with the kids in central park today isn't it a little warm for skating claudia asked inline silly i laughed man can he rollerblade so it's like all the things about being handsome and having a cool hoop earring and being like He also rollerblades like you used to. Young
2: and, like, fit and active. Yeah. And, like, uh, gifted, like, a a god on rollerblades.
0: No, no. Didn't you used to rollerblade? do I remember that right?
2: Yeah. Trying to make a connection with you. This dude also rollerblades. It was probably right around when
0: this book was published. I was, (laughs) like, a beautiful (laughs) cherubic angel on rollerblades. Did you, Tanner, have a touch of adorable shyness? Oh my
2: gosh, more than a touch.
0: (laughs) Maybe a little bit too much. I would say a crippling amount
2: (laughs) of uh, uncomfortable shyness. Well, maybe this is you. Yeah. But that's Ethan. He's He's a dynamic new character. Yeah, he sounds cool. He's a New Yorker. He's into the arts. Yeah. He helps the Walkers, who are the... Perhaps you remember the Walkers, Baby Nation. They lived in stacy's new york apartment
1: with you'll recognize them
2: from the novel i believe
0: stacy's mistake and they're both artists yeah and ethan is their like their helper boy and that's why stacy goes away to new york this week most of this book is set in new york where she discovers from a distance via the telephone that brew doggy is stepping out on her the walkers do you think there's a do you think that it's meaningful tanner that they are called the walkers in this universe where we have Veil Walkers and Time Walkers?
2: Um, I think it could be. It kind of depends on what qualifier we're going to put before the walkers. Well, that's the
0: question, right? That's the question that... Oh, I should mention before you go any further. Uh, I am a Waniac. Oh, are you? Yeah. That's cool. I'm actually a Suzanne man. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, this may be a little bit TMI, as the kids say, but... uh. I am also insane in the membrane. Insane in the brain. (laughs) Weep. (laughs) This is all by way of saying that Suzanne Wayne knows what she's doing this week. She introduces or reintroduces the set of characters we haven't heard from in a while called the Walkers. She leaves it up to us to figure out what kind of Walkers they are. Here are a couple things we know about them. This is something that I think that really struck me. This description of them. Okay. And... Their apartment. I stepped into the apartment and gazed around at the artwork on the walls. Most of it is modern, which is not really my favorite. Somehow, though, it looked right in the walker's place. So did the sculptures and wall hangings that were everywhere. I noticed that they'd acquired a new sculpture since I was there last. It wasn't of anything in particular, just different colors of metal that intertwined in an interesting way. So they have some strange object that defies shape or color now just kind of these you, walkers
2: have you seen Hellraiser three
0: I haven't I've seen bits and pieces of it but I haven't seen because
2: this thing. is essentially the plot of Hellraiser 3 okay so what I'm thinking is that they walk the dimensions between pleasure and and pain potentially okay in the the plot of Hellraiser 3 is that a sadistic Art collector okay acquires a a pillar a piece of art that is like a pillar depicting scenes of great torment. Well, this sounds exactly, and it turns out that it's guess what, Jack.
0: The Lament Configuration? It's the fucking Lament (laughs) Configuration. (laughs) It's the Lament Configuration. We don't need to explain that to you, Baby Nation. And he
2: opens himself up to a a world of pain and pleasure like he's never known before. And Pinhead comes out and he creates a bunch of different new Cenobites, including the guy who has a CD in his face. And that's literally just his thing. He just has a CD in his face. Mm -hmm. And it kind of feels like this resonates with that a little bit. We know Anne is a fan of the Hellraiser series.
0: Oh, she's a huge fan. Right? Yeah, maybe too much of a fan. It comes up, these days it comes up almost every other book.
2: It feels like it a lot, yeah.
0: right? They reference Pinhead a ton.
2: Well, and this, I mean, and this one's a clear reference to that too, right?
0: Yeah. Well, now we've got these walkers with this lament configuration-like sculpture inviting Stacy into their world that straddles the boundaries between pleasure and pain. And guess what happens? Yep. Stacey gets a fucking broken heart.
2: But at the same time... She's kind of pleased about it. And she finds a new love.
0: Oh, Ethan.
2: You know what I learned about recently is a term that the teens are using called cushioning. Mm-mm.
0: Do you know about cushioning? Is it something I should be... Is it like planking? A little bit, yeah. Okay.
2: It's when you begin a flirtatious relationship with someone in anticipation of breaking up with your current partner. Oh. In order to have someone to bounce to. Okay. Shouldn't that be called breaking up?
0: Trampolining—that's better. Do you yeah. want me to tell? The teens, Can you tell the or... teens? Because I don't actually know them.
2: I know no fuck. I guess my sister's like fully.
0: I bet she knows mid- some teens though. So. Twenties now. I
2: guess Baby Nation. If you know any teens, maybe suggest to them. Yeah. Next that, time you see them, cushioning isn't say, working. Don't call it cushioning. Call it trampolining. Yeah. And like, yeah. if they ask what you're talking about, just like wink at them. Maybe be like. I know the teen lingo. I know you, what you guys call it. You call it cushioning, but yeah. let's call it
0: trampolining. Oh, and while you're at it and while I have you, yeah. instead of ghosting, what about right. ghouling? Isn't that more fun? Uh, uh, ghouling. I'm going to trampoline with I'm going to trampoline, Ethan. and if that doesn't work, I'm going to trampoline with Ethan, and if that doesn't work out, I'm just going to ghoul her. <laughs> doesn't that sound good? God, look
2: at us. A couple of millennials.
0: Just, just a couple like... of millennials. <laughs> BRB. AFK.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Hey, speaking of AFK, yeah. I need to take a bio break. Do you know what that means? It's gamer speak for I need to pee.
0: Okay, and uh before we leave cuz I also do. AFK means away from keyboard. Everybody who is under 50.
2: Yeah, and BRB means be right back.
0: All right. BRB. BRB.
2: <laughs> you say BRB.
0: <laughs> hey. Hi. Um how are you? I'm fine. The, what's, what's happening here? What's happening here? You're looking here? good. No, 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 no. We don't do s- small talk midway through a record or ever. What's going on, man? You get it out. I don't want anything. I just don't, I literally don't remember anything about this book, Jack. Do you want me to fucking jog your memory? I guess. Okay. You know that there's, you'll be allowing me to do something that I always want to do and you rarely let me do, which is talk about the text. This week, a few things are happening. One, Abby has gone full-on megalomaniacal. It's something that we need to get into because it's something— She's doing the the Mexican festival. Doing the Mexican festival, but more importantly, she is testing something that we have often wondered about, which is what happens when the president is away and the CAO takes over? You can't spell chaos without CAO.
2: Oh, wow.
0: <laughs> that is so profound. Thank you.
2: What you just said.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like most of the letters. Yeah.
2: And chaos.
0: Exactly. Uh, and maybe a little bit of chaos is what we need. But Abby fucking tests it and Christy. Abby is a, is a being of chaos, though. I can't help exactly. but wonder what it
2: would have looked like if Christy had gone to Hawaii for a week when Dawn
0: was the CAO. Dong? Dawn. Oh, Dawn! Yeah, it would be different, and maybe Christy would be more inclined to, to trust her. But I actually think I think
2: it would be different, but still a problem in the opposite way. Abby was overbearing and disorganized and right. frenetic and troublesome. Right, I feel like Dawn would have would have taken no initiative, like no rules. Just right. She wouldn't have tried to tackle a project. She wouldn't have tried to do anything. It would have essentially just been like a week off for everyone, you know? Right, which is there possible. needs to be this happy balance. Right, and that's Christy. I've been, I've, I have maintained for ninety nine books now that Christy is the best, the best of the
0: bunch. And I agree this, with you. This book proved it. Great, I fucking agree with. Well, no, I agree with you that that is what this book is setting out to prove and it did so the thesis of this book is that the bsc couldn't possibly exist uh, without christy yes that um, was the thesis and then it proved it and then it well, wrapped it up nicely with a conclusion statement i agree that there was chaos and and abby does this interesting thing where she in a way that i've always wanted to see played out in a bsc book she tests the premise that, okay, I'm CAO. If the president is away, I can make unilateral decrees as president in my capacity as president, which is in my purview as CAO. If the president is away, president. the CAO will play. Exactly. And Christie tries to push back on it, right? Christie is like, "Uh, well, actually, in the White House, the vice president will be president, so Claudia should do it. And Abby is like, fuck no, dude. Uh, I mean, at, literally, everyone in the Babysitters Club is like, "Oh no, Claudia's is a, a puppet. Claudia's is a puppet. She can't do shit. She was picked because she can like carry Iowa or whatever. Like, there's no way. Yeah, even
2: she- Claudia is like, oh, no, that's a bad idea. That's a fu- yeah. <laughs> Claudia's
0: like, like mouthful of fucking like ringdings. She's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> But at the end of this book they pull off a fucking great festival that raises a ton of money for these nameless orphans. So I guess, but so every does Abby, so this what? thing
2: where it's like let's raise a ton of money for these orphans but also like everyone in the babysitters club you need to kick in donations. Right. Like hundreds of dollars of your own money to make this festival happen and right. we raise, like let's say everyone in the babysitters club kicked in Forty bucks, right, to make this festival happen. Forty times six is what? Five hundred. Forty. Let's times say, because neither of us are good at math. Mm-hmm. Five hundred dollars. Okay. And then this this Mexican festival raises like sixty bucks. It raised a ton of they money, can... but they,
0: that's not. It fucking killed, man. The Claudia.
2: Sure, sixty bucks in nineteen ninety six dollars is like I don't know a thousand dollars
0: now. I'm no, not good at math. No, I know you're not. And you've Inflation. just, you've just proved it. But the point of this novel is that, like, so they're late to set up all the booths for the orphanage, right? It take, it, because Abby isn't as organized as Christie. So Claudia has to improvise and set up a face painting booth for the kids while they yep. like set shit up. Guess what happens? They fucking rake in tons of cash in the face painting booth. Sure, it took a village, right? It took all the babysitters coming together, but that happened right. under Abby's watch, right? Abby gets credit for it. That's all I'm saying. Like You think Abby's sort of
2: wild, chaotic m- methodology. Right. Is a perfect merit. It's a perfect calendar. She point. helps people, she helps people tap into their own strength and their right. own talents. Yeah. She's like, now you're under pressure. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Claudia, 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 what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Yeah. Get it done. The festival's starting. We're not ready to go yet. What are you gonna do? And Claudia's like, she taps into this raw talent inside of her. Pressure's on. She's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna paint some faces for a nickel apiece. Yeah. Which in nineteen ninety-six bucks is like, I don't know, ten dollars a
0: piece. It's a lot of fucking money. Uh and those orphans they probably were able to buy their parents back with that shit, man. Back from the dead? I don't... Oh, God, that's such a good segue. Let's talk about Osiris. Okay. the Lord the, of the dead.
2: Egyptian god of death. Yes. Falcon's head.
0: Right. No, that's... Uh, oversees the... That's Horus.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, dog's head? No, that's Anubis. Yeah. Osiris is... An owl's head? Hmm.
0: I'm a little, I'm a little weak on my Egyptian mythology. <laughs> uh,
2: Tanner, uh, I am, for the second time this episode, Osiris was the god of the dead, the rule of the underworld, it's, he's just kind of a green man. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> no, he is. He's, he's got the body of a man and the head of a man, and okay. he's, he's, he's green. He's a, a green-skinned okay. deity. He okay. was classically depicted, hat tip Wikipedia, he was classically <laughs> depicted as a green-skinned deity with a pharaoh's beard, partially mummy-wrapped at the legs, wearing a distinctive crown with two large ostrich feathers. Okay.
0: I like that you, you just you just follow me here. Do You know where I'm going, so, right? Do you know why I brought this up? Because you're a, a fan of antiquity? Well, certainly, much like Edward McGill this week. But moving back to the a plot steaky's breakup with
2: Stakey's brew doggy.
0: breakup with brew doggy there is a beautiful moment that wayne depicts so well i love
2: calling her wayne
0: yeah i was just kind of tasting the mouth feel <laughs> of it a little bit and it came out real good yeah that wayne depicts so well where Stakey is arguing with Her dad, Edward, Edward is like, hey, maybe you need to see other people. Maybe this is a time for change. And they have that argument at where else but the Temple of Dender, the Egyptian temple at the Met. I've been there. Yeah, it's cool as hell, right?
2: There's a baby nation. If you don't know, if you've never been to New York, the Met Museum has a fully recreated Egyptian temple inside of it.
0: Right. So Stacy goes to the Met, and it is no accident that there's this beautiful vignette where Stacy and her dad, Edward, have ended up at the Temple of Dender, which was built by the Roman governor of Egypt in 15 BC. It was commissioned by Augustus, the emperor who was the husband of Livia Drusilla, who is thought to have murdered him. The temple is dedicated to Isis and Osiris. The mother goddess. Uh, the mother goddess, uh, she is uh, the, the the goddess of of nature. She has power over the dead and the afterlife, uh, and she's thought to have power over fate itself, mm. uh, which we know that fate is important in these books. Uh, Stacy's choice is is the book I think that best uh, exemplifies that theme running through Stacy's life. But I liked that. That's a, that's I liked that this moment of transition for Stacy, from Stacy is a character
2: who is cent- like she's she's constantly aligned with these images of death. Stacy and the mysterious Stony Brook, right? But also with with choice, like she's right. she's Stacy's mistake. Stacy's the one where her parents get divorced and she needs to choose between. New York and um, Stony Brook. Stacy's choice. Yep. Is that that Stacy's choice? Yeah. What's the one where she goes on vacation? Is it just called like Stacy's vacation? Where
0: does she go on vacation to? Fire Island. Oh yeah. Stacey. She's ca-
2: Stacy's. Stacy more than any Stacey's other lie. babysitter.
0: Stacy's lie. Right. So it's truth, right?
2: Stacy more than any other babysitter is is forced to make these difficult
0: decisions. Right. And she's always at a fucking crossroads, right? She's always at a crossroads where she's faced with an impossible choice, right? And so it's not an accident. I think that Isis is a goddess who has power over fate and she's like standing at this temple of Isis imploring fate to make its own – decision for her rather than having to make her own choice she's stuck in this choice between brew doggy and an uncertain future she's stuck between stony brook and new york here's a fucking wonderful passage that happens on this book and i've noticed that trains in particular tend to symbolize these moments of transition right these like these moments of transition from one place to uh, another. There's
2: not a Stacey book that doesn't involve like her being on a train.
0: Right. It's it's her passing through the veil. Yeah, it's her passing through the veil. Listen to this passage. It's a fucking beautiful passage. I was going to say the beautiful passage by Wayne, but I sense the, the writing of Anne here. I sense the presence of Anne in this passage.
2: The cold, calculating hand of Anne.
0: Yeah. Listen to this. I wondered and worried about these things almost all the way to the city. I brought a magazine to read, but I was too distracted by my own concerns to focus on it. Yet, when the train entered a tunnel and everything outside went black, something inside me changed, just as it always does when I enter that tunnel. To me, the tunnel is a signal that the train will be pulling into the station very soon. My city self takes over in that tunnel. I feel faster. More sophisticated. In some ways, I even feel smarter. It's hard to describe, but there's a change. It's like it's almost explicit. It's more than a metaphor, right? As soon as she goes into that tunnel, something changes. She's immediately put back at that crossroads where she has to decide her fate. And then she's stuck. She doesn't know what to do. She's become someone else. She's becoming someone else. She's stuck between two versions of herself, two possible worlds, and then she doesn't know what to do. It can't be an accident that in all of these books there's a symbolism of these trains as these moments of change. When Stacy goes into these tunnels, suddenly like on the way in between Stony Brook and New York has to face herself and her deepest fears and and look at who she is and start questioning who she's going to be. And that given all that, the cover of this literal fucking book, Stacy's Broken Heart… The cover of it is Stacy standing in front of a train with the door open, and on the side of the train, it says, me. Me.
2: And standing in the door of the train is a man with a very handsome mustache.
0: A very handsome and interesting mustache. Very interesting.
2: Yes. Uh, Jack, it sounds like you're describing a segment.
0: Oh, am I? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess so. I guess so. All right. Well, let's get into it. Do you wanna? Do you wanna sing ourselves, or do you wanna? Karis. Let sing? Okay, let's let Karis take it away. Karis. Karis, c- come here. Lead please. us in, please. Lead us in, please. Karis. She going? She's doing it. Okay.
1: But, but, but,
2: and I said, uh, uh, swallow me down. Uh, uh,
0: and that's, that's that love and sound. sound. Fuck yeah. This is our hit segment, baby nation. Uh, and by hit segment, I mean hit a fucking segment. segment. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a segment we do called Swallow Me Down. It's about the art direction of Babysitters Club art director Hodges
0: Swallow.
1: Uh, where and this we talk week he
0: depicted his covers, his brilliant and deranged covers for the Babysitter's Club series of novels. Um, and this week... This there's... week
2: he's he's depicted Stacy holding two bags on the platform of a train and BrewDoggy's there. BrewDoggy's a bigger nerd than I ever, ever expected him to be. Yeah, look at those
0: high waters. And he's got his like shirt tucked in. He's got his shirt tucked into very baggy corduroys yeah he's wearing cool what look like chucks he's wearing cool chucks yeah oh and he looks he's, he looks like he just cheated on stacy with andy gentile with from his expression if, if stacy doesn't know from that expression
2: no he looks like he looks like a norman rockwell painting like he, he's got like reddish hair and this like dopey like pug nose here's what's troubling though, jack we haven't talked about flower magic in a long time oh boy yeah, he is he is grasping tight to some some flowers, and among them, right in the middle of them, he's got some white flowers and some yellow f- flowers. I don't know a lot about flowers, yeah. but right in the middle, he's got a a big bright red flower.
0: Yeah, that stands out. Do do you think? Do we have any idea what? Well, we don't. That I we, we flower magic baby nation is something that, the it's a magic system that undergirds the Babysitters Club novels. We haven't talked about it in a while, so you could be forgiven for having forgotten or missed it. Right. But in and the, it, it in the briefly past, we played that, into yeah. the plot of the Babysitters Club books, but it's
2: mostly explored in the Little, Little sister. sister yeah novels
0: yeah novellas. Which we keep up with those books about as well as we keep up with the super specials. We do it almost no, yeah. every yeah. Which is week. to say,
2: we've been we've been reading them
0: regularly. But we just
2: don't always yeah. cover them.
0: Yeah, yeah. We I just read them in my spare time. When I go to bed at night, I'll I'll yeah. pull up a little sis just or a super special. Yeah, and, right. uh, and 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 just run through it. But I you no, know of, of course yeah no. Just... But rest assured, we definitely are reading them. Yeah, baby nation. But we're not. Why would we talk about it? It goes without. It's saying. irrelevant. Yeah. So Robert is is holding these flowers, which we know are symbols of power, and he's presenting them to Stacy with a with a hang dog look on his face, and they are standing in front of a train with the door open, which we know. Brew dog. Excuse me, a brew dog look on his face. It's no hang dog, no brew dog. No, he his
1: nickname.
0: no he is a brew dog. He is a yeah. brew dog. He has a hang dog expression. It's a expression. Jack brew dog face. No, I'm He's the brew doggy. No, I'm, I know that he's the brew doggy. I'm saying that he has a hang dog expression. I don't... Brew doggy, Jack. I don't know where you're getting hang dog. I know... No, I, I never said hang
2: doggy. His name isn't Robert Hankster. No.
0: Okay. Robert Brewster. His name is Robert Brewster. His nickname is Brew Doggy. On his face, he has a hang dog expression, which means like a, a sad dog. It looks like he has an updog expression on his face. Tanner, what the fuck is
2: updog? Not not much. What's <laughs> up with you, man? Fuck you.
0: <laughs> Can we move on now?
2: Yeah. And, and then there's a man with a, a mustache in the back. There's a
0: man with a mustache in the back I want to talk about, but I want to hit this a little harder. The train on the side of it says... Me. Me. That's an interesting choice by Hodges. Now, do you think it just says
2: me, or do you think there's is there a potentially a word that continues on after that or does it just say me I think
0: it just says it might say it might say meat I, why would it say meat though M-E-A-T it could say Mephistopheles that is a good point it could yeah. say that which would which would fit with with a few things that we know about brew doggy or hang doggy as I like to call them yeah yeah it's this weird new nickname you invented for him yeah hang doggy I like to call him up, doggy. What the fuck is that? <laughs> oh,
2: nothing. What's up, doggy, with you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got me. It's hard to convey how interesting these men are. Who are no? Standing. They're very
2: interesting men. There's some interesting men in the background. Yeah, they're waiting. They're waiting for Stacy to get on the train. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. They're looking at each other. They're they looking look at impatient. each other like they know something.
2: Right. And uh, they one has a very prominent and very handsome mustache.
0: Yeah. And oh. The
2: other has no mustache.
0: What was the name of that dude who we first met in Stacy's lie? Who lurks in the background of things?
2: The the smiling man?
0: No. Well, he may well be the smiling man, but he was originally the name was originally he was pretending to be or Stacy's dad was pretending that this was his friend as his cover. Oh, Samantha Powers. And then as his cover for, for his secret girlfriend, Samantha Powers. And then he later shows up randomly as Aunt Cecilia's Oh, Majors. Friend. Majors. Stu Majors. Samantha, oh, Stu Majors. Wait. Yeah, Stu Majors. Well, Stu Majors, Majors is, let's the, just, is the man. Let's just say Majors. So it's yeah. Majors. So I wonder if it's his Majors, right? Is his name – I wonder if that's him. Right, he always tends to show up when Stacy is at these weird crossroads, and he's standing there waiting impatiently. Who's this other man? Is he is he one of the the f- elusive Johns of the? Maybe a John, right? I would say that it's the Smiler, s- the smiling universe. man, but he's got oh god.
2: You know what? The right on, the man on the right yeah. in the white yeah he looks like he could be the smiling
0: man, except in this photo he's frowning. Oh, he's not happy. Well, the, you, and you know what? You know what, Tanner? You know who wouldn't be happy if Brewdoggy failed in his attempt oh. to lose Stacy.
2: Oh, God. Right? The Great
0: Dark One. The fucking Dark Ones, right? The fucking Demons. If, if Robert Brewdoggy Brewster is there, as we think he is, as a representative of the dark forces that are trying to tear this club apart— of course. Stacy getting her heart broken by him and ending up, ending their relationship is the worst possible thing that could happen. That's why these dudes right. are so fucking pissed and why Hang Doggy looks so unhappy.
2: Yeah, no, Hang Doggy is, as I call him, Up Doggy. Yeah. He's not, he, he looks like, he's got, he's got kind of like a, like his face is like kind of drooping. God, I, I wish there was a word for this. Yeah. Um. He looks like anxious and sad, and his face is kind of drooping and like hanging in a weird way. Yeah, he almost looks like a like a sad dog,
0: like one of those puppies that have like like a lot of like jowls and wrinkles, and yeah, they exactly. look sad. Yeah, um, okay, like like, like their ha- their face is like just like hanging down. Um, like a dog. Yeah. There's we're there's, we're not gonna we're not gonna land on it. It's not. Yeah it's, no if she,
2: yeah hey, baby nation. If Shakespeare couldn't come up with a word for <laughs> yeah. these two, yeah, you, <laughs> the jokers are not going to be yeah. able to do any better than William Shakespeare. Am I right? Uh, you certainly are, Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they look, um, anyway, that's enough about this cover. She's on the meat train. Yep. to New York. The meat train to New York City. She's there with Satan himself. Right and another man. Yeah. Potentially Seth Powers or whatever his name is. Tough to say. And she's leaving old Hangdoggy behind. Yeah. She's and she breaks up with him and she meets a cute boy called Ethan. Oh
0: boy, what a cute boy. And he's what the a cute boy. Very cute, man. Ethan.
2: He's is. a sophisticated New Yorker. He's <sighs> into art. Yeah. He helps the
0: Walkers with
2: their art installation.
0: Yeah. He's he's interested in the arts. He's 15, which is Pretty interesting. That's exotic. 15 Being fifteen, yeah. In a it's world a fun of fun age, in a world of thirteen-year-olds, a fifteen-year-old, um, he's got a an adorable shyness. Yep. He's he's got a love for the sea. Does he? Well, they go on that circle line. Too. Oh yeah. But so that's interesting. We we got an interesting cover. We got an interesting new character named Ethan. We lose Brewdoggy. We gain back this week the great, the one and only Peter Black. Oh, Pete Black is back. He's got a cool new look. He's oh, grown his hair out. He's looking great. You want me to read this passage? Yeah. Oh, I just I wrote it under my section called Pete's looking good. Pete's looking real good. Pete's looking good. Pete, I said, feeling everything inside me relax. And that's just what Pete'll me do. Me too. To you. Hey, yeah, hey.
2: Stacy, me too. Yeah.
0: Everything's relaxed right now. Just talking about Pete. but I my whole body just relaxed. Maybe a little yeah. bit too much. Yeah. <laughs> You're too loose right I'm now. I'm a Jack. little too loose right now. Tighten up, <clears throat> Pete. I said, feeling everything inside me relax. It was Pete Black. He goes to SMS with us. Yes, Stacy. We know who Pete Black is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's
0: the fucking class president, uh, Stacy. Fucking Pete Black. You don't need to tell us who he is and that he goes to school with you. I sort of dated him for a while, but now we're just friends. He looks good with his hair long. Claudia observed over the summer. Agree. Hard agree, oh, Claudia. Hard agree. He looks fucking great with his hair long. Over the summer, Pete had grown his brown hair. It was now down over the collar of his denim shirt. Pete fucking black, ladies and gentlemen. And what he's doing this week, Tanner, is he's watching a romantic movie with Robert Brewdoggy Brewster. Yeah, In a subplot that is never resolved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Stacey and Claudia follow...
2: They suspect that Broodagi is cheating on Stacy for no with really good Andy, reason. Andy, Andy
0: but they don't have a great reason for it. It's just that Broodagi acting weird.
2: No, no, no. They have a good reason. Emily Bernstein calls during a Babysitters Club meeting and tells Stacy, "I saw Brew Doggy canoodling yeah. right with Andy Gentil. Andy Gentile. Yeah.
0: And I think you should, you know, keep keep your head on a swivel." Yeah, keep your head on a fucking swivel. And so Stacey initiates what she calls Operation Robert. Um, not the
2: most creative name, but
0: yeah. it's fine. She and Claudia follow
2: Robert to the Stony Brook Mall, yeah. where she suspects Robert will be going on a date with, with Andi Gentile. Yeah. And she finds that he is there not canoodling with Andy,
0: but canoodling with pete black well so stacy and claudia thinking that they have seen him walk into and buy tickets for a film that stacy would never stacy neither stacy nor claudia would ever dream of watching called hang tough hang tough that sounds like a good movie it sounds great i looked it up uh the waniac made it up the chief waniac herself it sounds like
2: it's probably spiritually akin to roadhouse
0: oh yeah i was thinking Don't hard you think? target but yeah
2: sort of like an arm wrestling movie
0: yeah that kind of hang that, tough uh, it could be it could be a hang gliding movie hang glide hang gliding but like
2: action hang gliding. Act, oh
0: yeah action hang gliding right and then leave it to the fucking somebody who's literally insane in the memory do you remember line.
2: that movie sudden death
0: yes of course about um a terrorist about to blow up a hockey game that's van damme right yes so this is definitely a van damme-esque movie
2: this is a van damme movie and it it happens it's an hour and a half long movie but it happens over the course of a three minute hang gliding session right and hard
0: target by the way is van damme as well so you and i were in the same in the same headspace it's it's a van Van damme-esque movie and definitely something claudia and stacy would never be interested in right
2: so Uh, they go into this movie
0: they watch the whole fucking thing they watch the whole fucking thing guess what the, it Brew Doggy
2: and Pete Black are not in there
0: It's not Brew Doggy and Andy Gentile are not in there But Broodoggy Oh, and Pete Black uh, so, so what they assume is that They're
1: on a Pete double Black, date
0: Yes, exactly
1: right.
2: Pete Black and Brew Doggy are on a double date With Andy Gentile and probably one of those bad girls
0: Right Uh. But lo and behold Robert and Peter are just watching a movie together And they're watching a romantic Julie Talbert movie That Stacy had really wanted to see because they're sophisticated. Because you fucking can't sophisticated. put them in a box. You can't put these Stacey, boys in a box. And that's
2: exactly why it didn't work out between you
0: I don't two. want to blame the victim here, and I'm not going to. But you No, I won't
2: blame the victim either. You can't I won't these- blame
0: Robert Brewdoggy for this. No. No, sir. She Sorry, no. she didn't give him a choice. Yes, she did. Tanner. This is Brewdoggy's fault, and he lied to her. Whatever you fucking think about Stacy, whatever you may think about Stacy, put that aside. This is one hundred percent Brewdoggy's fault, man. Brew Doggy is a villain. Brewdoggy fucks up. Yeah, he fucks up.
2: He is a fuck up. Right. He's he's a dog. You don't step out on Stacy with fucking
0: fucking Andy Jean man. Who the fuck fuck is McGill? Andy Chantil? You only don't get one chance with Stacy McGill. Pete Black learned that the hard way. Listen, Brewdoggy,
2: Robert, if you're listening. Yeah. I don't even like Stacy. Right. But don't fucking treat her this way, man. Have some dignity. Have some fucking dignity. Treat
0: Stacy with respect. You're lucky to be with her. You were lucky. You were so lucky to be with her. Ugh. And I know. I'm and not what? a fan of Because she didn't Brew want Doggy. to fucking play tennis. I thought Brewdoggy
2: was a cool dude at, at the beginning, but no. like, I've... He seems Over so it. cool. He seems so progressive. He seems so like open-minded. But like, I don't know, man. I'm frankly no, furious. Bad
0: news. You, he, before we move on to our final segment of the night, Tanner, let me let me just say something to you about Anne M. Martin herself, who fucking punts on this question. Did you read the happy reading? Yeah. She fucking punts on the shit. Here's what. Yeah, Anne, I didn't feel good about it. Oh, I felt bad about it. Here's what Anne says. While it wasn't easy for me to write about Stacy's breakup, I always love to write about New York City. And then she spends the next two fucking paragraphs talking about, like, her favorite shit about New York City. That's it. Like,
2: she lists, like, all her favorite places in New York City, all of which are fucking, like, That's what...
0: closed. Yeah, and what, like, whatever to that. But, like, fine, whatever. Anne, I'll give you this, Anne. And I know you're listening. I'll give you this. It's fine to like New York City and to talk about shit in New York City. Stacy does it.
2: It's Except fine. the entire city smells like garbage, but fine, well, Anne, whatever, I guess you like fine. the smell of
0: garbage. That's fine. That's If you like the smell of garbage, Anne, we're, we're not here to tell you what you should or shouldn't like, but that's like some politician shit, right? That's how you learn to pivot. It's like, think about it this way. If someone asked a question like, hey, Anna Martin, we just read this book, literally called Stacy's Broken Heart. Question for you, why did you break Stacy's fucking heart? Here's what Anne says. Oh, while it wasn't easy for me to write about Stacy's breakup, I always love to write about New York City. Did you know the Empire State Building is in New York City? That's not a fucking answer. I did.
2: it every day. Anne. I yeah. Anne. You let I'm us down so, this week.
0: I'm so angry about it. I, like and Suzanne, Suzanne, Suzanne. you're Anne. off the fucking hook. <laughs> Wayne. Yeah, insanity in the Membrane is no. Fucking excuse <laughs> in a court of law.
2: It could be. It, it, it depends excellent. on how bad the insanity is. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, and how deep it has penetrated into your. Sorry, how deep it has penetrated into your membrane. She could. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she could plead in. Suzanity. Oh,
0: dumb. And and confront your choices. Conf- you made a choice for Stacy this week. Stacy can't do shit about it. Confront it. Don't pivot. Don't fucking pivot to talking about New York. Yeah. And don't let don't let Stacy cushion and no.
2: You're giving yeah. the young girls who read your books unreasonable expectations. Oh, great.
0: My boyfriend is cheating on me? Well,
2: yeah. I've got another boy waiting in the rafters.
0: Yeah, there's no, not everybody has a fucking Ethan hanging out on the sidelines and
2: I didn't even have a fucking brew doggy when I no. was
0: Stacy's age. No,
2: exactly. You were adorably shy, right? Cripplingly shy Sorry. and unattractive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, both of which I've worked on. Yeah. So, no, it's, don't it's cry working. for me, baby nation.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you can rollerblade, right? Oh, my God. Like a beautiful angel. Tell me if this, if you feel like this describes you. Man, can he rollerblade. He can do spins and jumps and everything. I it felt would like, like a It would have described me in 1996. Yeah,
2: there you go. that definitely would have. Man, don't want to do it because I don't think either of us are very confident about it. But this week, yeah. did you have a... <gasps> <P>. <gasps> Bird of the
1: week. Uh
2: no. <laughs> oh shit! Did you? Um.
0: Say no. I did. Say Jack. no, Jack. I didn't. Well, how about let's get the fuck out of here, Jack? It wa-
2: <laughs> Jack, what do we do? <laughs> this is the first time in ninety, in one hundred and one, one hundred and two episodes, book ninety nine. Think about it this way, Tanner. You know you're what? The, you know what? Tr- you know what? This isn't our fault. No. This is Suzanne's
0: fault. This is Suzanne's fault. Think Suzanne, this,
2: this is on you. You're I went the, back and I looked. I read looked. this book one week ago, and I came back on my train ride home, and I was like, gotta find a burn, gotta find a burn. Oh, Skim oh, the entire text.
1: Suddenly, Nothing.
0: I'm supposed to be to fucking blame because Suzanne didn't put any burns in this book? I'm the one who's supposed to be held accountable? I'm the one who's sitting in this fucking... Court of law being judged by a jury of my peers because Suzanne didn't put a fucking burn in this book? No, sir. Baby Nation, get off our fucking backs. Jesus. We come we in here week Susan? in, week out, every single week. Every fucking week. We we put, We put it. get our little fucking babysitter's club lunch boxes. We pack them up with, with our little peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Put our hard hats on. We come into work every fucking week. We open those lunch boxes, we pull we out our little, in. our little burns, we we punch in, we say our burn of the week that we found. And then one week we come in and it's like, oh, the fucking, the fucking super didn't do a burn this week. And it's our fucking fault? It's our fucking fault? It's a fault, <laughs>
2: 99 books and 98 of those books, Tanner Greenring has had a, a burn and I would say about 95 of those books, Jack <laughs> has.
0: All right, well, let's not cast aspersions.
2: And now we're in the 99th book and suddenly neither of us have a burn and it's
0: our fault? Oh, it's our, it's supposed to be our fault. Okay, fine. All right. Well, I guess the burn of the week is on us this week. Okay, here's my burn of the week. Right. Jack smells like dog turds. Okay, well, that's just rude.
2: And also, I'm pretty sure he's yelling because I just heard his wife yell at him. That, that
0: was Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> Tanner, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Tanner, thank you so much for being with me tonight. Uh, Jack,
2: thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure and an honor.
0: It's been a pleasure and an honor. And I do not say this lightly. And I've given this a lot of thought, but I literally could not do this without you because it would just be one audio track with a lot of silences.
2: Yeah, that would be weird. That would be bad
0: audio. Bad audio. So thank you for being here, Baby Nation. Thank you for bearing with us, Stacy. I hope that broken heart heals. It will,
2: man. She's got Ethan. Yeah, she's the got Ethan. Enigmatic. Ethan's, Ethan's already rollerbladed his way right into her heart <laughs> and into ours.
0: Baby Nation. Ooh, if like don't even bo-
2: get me started on this This long haired Adonis Pete Black. Peter Black. Back in black.
0: Don't we have a song we do for Peter Black? Bop. ba da. da da. And now with long hair. Yeah. Um, I am happy that we are coming to the end of this episode because it's time for me to get the fuck out of here, Baby Nation. Baby
2: Nation, rate and review the show on iTunes, please. I recently logged on to iTunes for literally the first time in two years and read some of the reviews. And someone... Criticized us for our stutter intros. I saw that too. Tearful moment. They still give us four stars, so good for them. But it filled me with insecurity. And now I hate myself and I hate the show. And I will never read another review ever again. If you like the show, please do share it with a friend and recommend it and tell them that they will like it too. Yep. I would maybe suggest starting from the beginning, just because there's a lot of lore. But yep. tell them, say this to them. You do you. Start wherever the fuck you want.
0: Start wherever the fuck you want. Baby Nation, this week we read a book that was written by Ann M. Martin in conjunction with the criminally insane in the Blaine Suzanne Wayne, <laughs> called <laughs> Stacy's Woken Hall. Good. Next week. Oh boy. Next week, Baby Nation, we're reading a book called christy's worst idea book number 100 oh, book number 100
2: baby nation we just celebrated a milestone episode number 100 now we're doing book
0: number 100 christy's worst idea we've come back full circle we heard christy's greatest idea at the beginning and now here we are at Christy's. what could it be what we got to let christy work through her shit yeah. i'm deeply excited to read that i hope that uh it doesn't cast christy in a bad light uh, impossible. Christy's a yeah. angel. She's so. she's a perfect being. Yep. This week I have been Jack Alexander Shepherd. They call me Tanner,
2: Tanner Green Ring, Babysitter's Club, Craig and Expert, America's favorite.
0: Bingo. This week. Baby Nation, if you haven't already, please do us a quick favor and round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator and demand your right to bear time and don't forget to let Daddy love you as much as I do. Tanner.
2: Jack. Yes. I'm a sovereign citizen. Am I being
0: detained? Uh No, You are free to go. Great. Bye. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> I'll just take it from here. Hello? Tanner? Shall I just take it from... Okay. All right. He took that literally. Baby Nation, Claudia is wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented.
2: I wouldn't describe it the way Stacy would. What I would describe it as is a sense of dread that you're coming back to this shit town full of shit people and their stinky shit dreams and the stinky garbage they all produce.
0: In New York City. Yeah. no, Eight no million f-
2: people all making stinky garbage.
0: No offense to our literally thousands of listeners in New York.
2: Yeah, no, I guess what I'm saying is stop making so much stinky fucking Oh, yeah, garbage, no, p- please I do stop here.
0: making all that stinky garbage. Uh, because yeah. it's difficult for Tanner, who's trying to just live his yeah. life without the stinky She's garbage that life. you're
2: making, listeners. But you're all you're all crowding me, and you're all making yeah. so much fucking stinky garbage, and I hate it here.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's not good. <sighs> okay, you got it out. That's out of my system. That was a hate podcast.